Hello and welcome to Newspeak, the New Culture Forum's weekly look at the news agenda. But before we go there, just one announcement. Uh, this year, our national conference is on Saturday, the 22nd of April. That's Saturday, the day before St George's Day. This year it is in Birmingham and uh, I hope you will join us. Uh, it was a great success last year when we had it in London. Uh, I hope it's an even better event this time in Birmingham. So if you would like to find out about it or indeed if you want to purchase tickets then please do go to the link below. Very, very straightforward. Um, and uh, we hope to see you there on the 22nd. I think it'll be a great get together. So this week we've had a number of issues in the news which have highlighted certainly problems we have now with free speech. First of all we had Posey Parker, woman's rights campaigner, facing down a mob of almost rabid trans activists in Auckland in New Zealand. And also there was the rather sad spectacle of the author Richard Dawkins on the Piers Morgan show on Talk TV uh, in which he appeared to not to want to talk about various subjects and indeed this really did affect a lot of people including myself mm. uh, in its sheer starkness mm. and finally there is a new leader in Scotland Hamza Yassouf who uh, being the new leader of the SNP is also therefore the new first minister and we will be looking at that so um, first of all uh, I want to go to Posey Parker, gentlemen. Um, of course, senior fellows here, Rafe Hadelman Koo, Dr. Philip Kisley. Um, this was quite an extraordinary spectacle. What has struck me about it was the fact that there has been not a single uh, declaration of support mm. that she's had from anyone mm. who you could call a senior politician. Mm. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I do. it seems to be that way. I, Th this is very telling, is it not? Yeah, I, I, I think it's the case. I mean, just looking at the footage, and there's, there's plenty of footage. That's the good thing about this, actually. There is lots of footage there. You can see the baying mob. Awful. Uh, you can, I mean, it, it's good in the sense that there's evidence yeah. there. Okay, and you can juxtapose that evidence to what the what the great and good are saying in, mm. in other words they don't you you introduced her as a, a, a women's rights activist mm. they always they always talk about her as an anti-trans activist and that's not the case at all she's just a women's rights activist it's very simple actually her message is very simple she wants she just wants spaces for women that's it <laughs> and that and the sorry the 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 aggression and the violence mm. and the vitriol that's been visited upon it's just utterly remarkable. She's become a symbol of the fight. Mm. Um, and, and in lots of ways, she's been dehumanized because of that. And, and, and the, the, the mob were just banging for blood. Is it, is it right that she actually came up with that term, adult human feet, uh, human? I'm not, I'm not sure about I that. Think, I, think she's, I, I think she's coined it. It's the, it's the dictionary she definition. She certainly has it on T-shirts. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she's, she's popularised it, it certainly. Yeah. Adult human yeah. um, And the, uh, the definition of a woman, that is, of course. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I found remarkable was that the, the most vitriol she's faced and the most hatred and the most physically intimidating form of resistance has been in Australia and mm. New Zealand. And I found mm. this quite remarkable. You know, we're mm. talking about Australia, the land of, you know, scorpions and spiders 
and crocodiles, and yet they don't seem to be able to handle an Englishwoman coming over mm. wanting to let women speak, which is the actual name of her organisation. What's happened to this land of crocodile dundeans? I read one article which said, our sheilas will not be silenced. And I thought, <laughs> absolutely the case. This is, and it just, just goes to show you, when somebody lives far, as far away as Europe from Australia, New Zealand, in any country, it's so easy to vilify the outsider mm. where they mm. don't have regular exposure to, the, to, to these people. It's easy to portray them as being so far beyond the pale mm. that they must be resisted. And it's almost as if this hysteria overtook parts of New Zealand and Australia in the way that they were dealing with a very normal, regular woman. Mm. She became almost the Antichrist. Well, she became and a Nazi. Yeah. I mean, she, basically, and that's she it. Became, yeah, yeah, and she became a Nazi. And what was very telling also was how the institutions were complicit yeah. in this. Mm -hmm. You had in Australia, you had a senator draping herself in the, in the ab Aboriginal flag, mm -hmm. who even the police threw to the ground because mm -hmm. they wouldn't let her uh, try to attack Posey and her and her and her compatriots. And she ended up crawling over the over the ground mm -hmm. to get mm -hmm. to her fellow trans mm -hmm. activists. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is a senator of Australia. Mm -hmm. Again, we saw similar scenes in New Zealand. But what happened in New Zealand, the police were absent. Mm. It was the private security guards mm. who defended her. And surely they would have expected this to happen. And were the police actually absent uh, as an act of a, 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 a deliberate policy? Yeah, I think I, it doesn't, it surprises me about Australia to a certain extent. It doesn't surprise me about New Zealand at all because well, that's the home of woke, isn't it? You know? Yeah, but is, isn't Australia now too? I mean, we're talking about that we're being surprised. But this is all of a piece with their reaction to yeah. the pandemic. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. But I always, I always <coughs> think about New Zealand in particular, and I think you're right about Australia actually. But for me, New Zealand is is uh, bound up with the Ardem, with the mm -hmm. with the leader. Uh, and, and I think of New Zealand in the same way that I think about Canada now. Yeah. Mm. One of the really interesting things about uh, looking at the footage, but also that incredible image of uh, Kelly J. Keane, Posey Parker, with, the, with all of the, what is it, tomato soup or tomato ketchup yeah. all over it and, it, and it looks like blood. Interestingly, she has very cleverly turned that image into a, an, an icon of victory. I think because mm -hmm. it just shows them up for what they are and she looks like a bloodied woman standing up for her rights and standing up for what is right and I think it's incredible that she's done that I mean I'm, I'm a great I'm a great <coughs> supporter of hers I think she's brilliant well, she's been on the channel yeah. she's a tiny lady you she's know, fine she's very, very small and there were, there were bits of the footage we will see where you know they are closing in on mm. her I think she herself said if she went down mm. she thought she would never get up mm. and well she said I mean I, I don't agree with her on everything that she says but um, I, absolutely I, I find there's a lot to, there's a lot to say for her position that she holds but she said that every police officer she spoke to said if she had fallen down mm. she likely would have been killed mm. it was it was that sort of a situation mm. that, that you're that we're, we're witnessing here I was following the, the, the story on Saturday and uh, some of the, the, the tweets from the trans radical activists, I, I don't want to call them that actually, I want to call them anti-female terrorists, I think that, that describes them much more clearly and, and better for what they are, but some of the, some of the tweets, people were, were sharing the tweets, uh, were some of these activists were saying that they were getting sexually turned on by the fear in her eyes really? you know yeah it, it's it's that kind of depravity mm. uh that she's dealing with and if you look at the the scenes and again i've already said this but if you look at the footage there isn't i can't think of a 
a stronger case for keeping biological men out of women's spaces than that footage mm. and that baying mob. Well, the misogyny was so visceral and yeah. so, so obviously mm. apparent there. And it wasn't just, just misogyny, it was also young men attacking middle-aged to elderly women. Yeah. You Broke know? her jaw. Austra yeah. Yeah, 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 and you had, you had Austra uh, mm. Australian women there in their 60s mm. who, were, who were there to speak. The event is called Let Women Speak. Mm. And what do you have? A bunch of cowardly men mm. trying to drown out women's voices. And you, know, you remember back in the 1960s and 70s in America, you famously had the black activists, the, the black panthers. Mm -hmm. well, well, because these chaps we have here with Antifa and in mm -hmm. Australia, New Zealand, Best of, I've seen them referred to now as the Black Pampers, which I quite like, <laughs> <laughs> I quite like them a lot. But yeah, they're coddled, uh, but yet they, they, they are, of course, as always, what we find, the be kind mob are mm. the least kind, and the tolerant are the least tolerant. Yeah, I, we, we talked a, a few months ago, didn't we, on this, on this show about these causes. Uh, so so the, the, the transgenderism cause is, is one, the environment is another. Mm. And I remember when we had Poppy Coburn on as a, as a guest and she was saying, uh, and we all agreed with her, that the, that the environmental stuff is going, to, is going to move from activism into terrorism quite soon. This lot have trumped that in a way, haven't they? Because it, well, it has become terrorism. If we look at the events in, in Tennessee over, uh, you know, over, over the last few days, then it, it's tragic. Um, You're referring to the shooting. I'm, I'm referring to the shooting of Christian children because they're Christian children. Um, but if we, if we look at the, the, the Posey Parker incident as well, this is clearly turning into terrorism. And so this is, in a way, this is the issue that really might help, it's the point I was making at the beginning actually, really might help people who follow this thing because they follow the latest thing and they want to be fairly virtuous and they think that's what it is. This really exposes it for what it is and it's really quite evil I think. It's interesting you know because uh, I would speak to uh, Claire Fox for, for a program we're doing you know it's going to go out after this uh, um, and uh, you know she was making the point that when you look at what happened in Scotland on this trans issue, yeah. it effectively meant that Nicholas Sturgeon imploded, you know, mm. over that. And that in fact, therefore, it was down to a kind of constitutional position, i.e. what happened with Rishi Shunak mm. and, and the fact that he vetoed it and everything. And I sort of took issue slightly with that because of course, for the same reason you're, you're saying, people surely have to look at this sort of stuff too is happening to, to Posey Parker mm. and th there are many others like it mm. and you know they have to somehow become they, you have to reach a critical mass where people say enough mm. you know mm. that they can th th they can th this is a, cr a crunch point I hate using that word tipping point mm. but it's this is but a crunch I, point people have got to see this stuff for themselves I think, I think something has happened and, and I think I lots of people I, I think of it as a as an onion and you know these kind of followers are the outer layer and it seems as though they're they're stripping off yes. because they're saying I don't, you know these people aren't um, <laughs> ideological particularly they're not ideologically driven it's just people who follow the the latest thing and lots of people do that um, but you can see them, and I know I'm, I'm following it really quite closely, you can see them saying, no, enough is enough, this is wrong. And one thing is really important, they're thinking about their children. They're really thinking about mm -hmm. their children, what's happening in schools and, and how the activist element of this, I'm not talking about all trans people, I'm talking about the activist mm -hmm. element of this is 
aggressively targeting children. Well, actually, Tom, Tom Slater has a piece in the in the, the editor of Spanked Online has yes. an editor mm. has a piece about justice, and it says. We, whatever your position is on all of these issues, we all have to take a stand. Mm. In fact, Let Women Speak have also been silenced at Speaker's Corner, yep. where they appear once a month, and he's encouraged everyone to actually turn up at Speaker's Corner mm. in order to actually d defend them there, because mm. you are actually defending the issue of free speech, because you're quite right, Philip. You know, then we have a prevent program, and prevent is designed to stop radicalization. And it's not just Islamic extremists and some on the far right who are mm. being radicalized, it's the trans radicals. I mean, there were clues in their mm -hmm. in their name, but the trans radical activists who are also being radicalized, and it's this othering. Anybody with an opposing, opposing viewpoint ceases to have any dimension mm -hmm. other than being the enemy. Mm -hmm. You must be, and it is going to get to a point, as with eco terrorism, where you're going to, I think, unfortunately, f see more increasingly violent such situations happening. So I think it's vitally important that people do take a stand. But I'm not that optimistic because, of course, we hope people would, would take a stand after the Charlie Hebdo. And, uh, and of course it didn't matter. Yeah, after the beheading of Patty, yeah. after what we saw in Batley, people don't take stands, yeah. and that's the problem. Yeah. Yes, but I, uh, one thing I'd add to that is that uh, in the Telegraph this morning, we're recording this on, uh, uh, on a Wednesday, in the Telegraph this morning, there's a piece about the fact of how many teachers in our schools um, are encouraging or allowing for possible gender, yeah. you know, uh, re-identification without the parents mm. being told. Now, mm. you know, it's actually quite a large figure. Was it 40, something like that, 40% of schools? So basically parents will become more aware of this. And basically when it's when children are involved, that's what might make the difference yeah, to your point. I, I think it is. is that you basically talk about a tipping point. That if, if there is <laughs> going to be a tipping point, it's going to be involved with children. Yeah. That somehow, now what exactly are they being taught at school? Mm. This is a safeguarding issue, isn't mm. it? Mm. You know, you talk about prevent, well, mm. but this has been introduced by the, school, the schools themselves. You know, I think Policy Exchange have just um, issued a report on this uh, today, I think. so. Um, that it, is the one in the Telegraph. That's the yeah. one in the Telegraph. So it'd be interesting to look at that. I suppose just, just finally on this, there's quite a, an amusing postscript, actually. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's tragic and it's awful, but, but actually this is quite funny. Uh, the British Communist Party, do you know about this? The British Communist Party have come out as being pretty gender critical and everybody on the left is having a meltdown but all the, the gender critical people are going haha the British communist people you know. yeah, I think yeah. it's important to remember for those people that communism is still daft yeah I, just before we do leave it actually though how you know we're sort of some you're skeptical about you know the changes that come I'm possibly a little bit hopeful what do you think it will mean for the general woke kind of movement long time ago Rod Little on this uh, program said he thought that the trans issue would be peak wank as he called it <laughs> that's before this kind of display mm. we've had mm. but I mean is it too much to ask that somehow this might be a, tur a turning point well I think Rod Little was saying that it was going to be women's sports that was going to be the turning point we've right? seen that uh, change and uh, we've just seen now of course the the, uh, the World Federation yeah. of Athletics or whatever it is mm. uh, which I thought at the one point I thought well this actually is the turning you know this is mm. finally people have realized this but I think what's going to happen is the prevailing 
consensus will be, oh yes, well sports is the exception, because mm -hmm. there clearly is a physical difference. But in all other areas of life, mm -hmm. we actually go, are going to see this great change happening. I, th I think there'll just be a divide, more of a divide, and I think it'll be a clearer divide. At the moment, it's not that clear, is it? Because up until now, many people have kind of gone along with it, you know, because many people don't turn up at school and say, what the hell are you teaching my children? They don't, they just, they just let it happen. Mm. But now I think people are beginning to push back on that. But I think there's gonna be, I think it's gonna bifurcate, I think there's gonna be a, a, a very definite divide. Uh, people who are absolutely disillusioned with it, but the hardliners are going to absolutely double down. And the bad news is they still dominate the institutions. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's quite frightening watching them in action, isn't it? Um, Sort of related because this is a speech issue for goodness sake, isn't it? Mm. You know, there was this very alarming clip on Twitter this week. I know mm. m maybe a lot of you aren't on Twitter, um, but in fact we will show it in a bit. But um, I should just set it up for you. So uh, Richard Dawkins, who is a obviously famous best-selling author, written uh, about religion. He's a famous atheist, mm. um, and he was on Piers Morgan's show on Talk TV, and. I just want to show you a little clip because it sort of almost speaks for itself. Yes, I'm not, I'm not going to say about that. Are you worried about, did you get threats because of the positions you've taken on some of these things? When you saw what happened to Salman Rushdie, yeah. didn't send a shutter through? Yeah. Are you saying no, you don't want to talk about it? Or? Yes. Right. I mean, that's interesting in itself. Because it is a, there are areas which you would prefer not to discuss. Yes. I should have said that before we started. When I saw this, mm -hmm. um, I was appalled, not uh, you know, at him, because I sort of understand mm -hmm. in a way. I was appalled that somehow we had actually got to this sort yeah. of position. Was that your reaction? I found it utterly chilling, actually. Yeah. It was ab absolutely chilling. You know, we often say on this channel that we're, we are in a position of privilege because we don't have any bosses, we're uncancellable, this is what we do in think tanks. And it applies equally, or even more so, to people like the J.K. Rowling's, the authors who are independent, who can speak freely without the repercussions that people who are perhaps working companies don't have. And one of those great free speech champions was always Richard Dawkins. Mm. This was a man who, who freely uh, condemned the hypocrisy and the abuses that were committed, not just in Christianity, mm. but, in, uh, but, but particularly in Islam. He spoke out against apostasy, the fact that so many Muslims believe he should be put to death for leaving the faith. He spoke out against honor killings. He spoke out about uh, all, all the terrorist activities that happened. And, he's, and he made a point of saying that he was doing this because Muslims were the b biggest victims of mm. Islamism. Mm -hmm. And suddenly to have this person of all feeling unable to comment not even on the most incendiary topics, mm. just about things like Shemaima Begum, for example. Quite, and I thought, what is this? Is this actually the, the, the woke mob and the cancellation, or is it actually a response to Salman Rushdie being attacked? Mm. Well, he mentioned he wouldn't speak about... And he wouldn't speak either. about Salman Rushdie. Mm. Well, I mean, on a personal level, as far as he's concerned, I mean, you can completely understand it. And he must be, what, 80, 81 82, now or something? Right. Oh, is he 82? Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, and he's thinking about his family, I can understand that, mm. and he's thinking about the rest of his life. Um, but it really reminded me, just seeing him talking and seeing him cow, it was his body language as much as anything, actually, seeing him cowed and, and, and not knowing what to say, Richard Dawkins not knowing what to say. 
it reminded me of uh, seeing torture victims being showboated on things like Iranian TV or, yeah. or uh, in the ex in the old Soviet days and being and being forced to to uh, spout the party line it was it was exactly that and and it was one of those moments I think everybody felt it where you know if if ever we've really got to fight back, push back, and champion free speech, it's in the face of that. Exactly. I mean, I, I, you mentioned you think about torture in the Soviet Union. For me, it was sort of like the godfather, you know, when the yeah. mafia would silence witnesses yeah. who then would go into the witness box mm. and suddenly change their tune and not have anything to say because of the fear of repercussions. Mm. And that's basically what we've got now, is mm. this sort of a, a mafia type of fear tactic being mm. used to stifle opposition and just to stifle views with certain elements of our society, uh, extra radical extremists from Islam, or indeed, with, as we saw with Posey Parker from the, on the, on the, uh, on the um, uh, tra trans side, mm. who want to stifle opposition. And you're quite right. These sorts of things make us realize suddenly, sit up sharply and take note that things are happening at such a pace now. Yeah. When someone like Dawkins is too scared to speak up, mm. we really are getting to a, to a crux, crisis but, point. Uh, I, no, no, I was going to say that exactly. My feeling when I watched it was, uh, I, 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 look, you know, when it comes to his writing and his novel, uh, his his books about religion, um, is it is it unfair to say that he's particularly gone for Christianity? Would you say? Is it unfair? Well, he's a is Christian, and so and we're living in a Christian country, <coughs> and Christianity is the dominant religion of the West. Right. So, no, so fair that, but he's but he's been very clear to in the past. To mm. say that he's also he's, yeah. he's called Islamism a vile, for example, mm. Mm. and he said, "Why is it fine for me to mm. criticize Christianity and get a free pass, but I can't criticize Islam?" Because he was famously cancelled in the past from mm. a very very prominent Californian radio station, yeah. uh, whereas he, for his Islamic views, mm. even though they wanted him on to discuss Christianity for mm. on, on the same points. Well, this is the this is the whole point, isn't it? Went it essentially. I mean, when I I looked at it, I sort of thought, you know. I didn't feel actually, uh, I didn't think he was a coward or anything like that. Mm. I sort of thought, we have got to this stage because we have shown zero, like Posey uh, Parker, zero real kind of fortitude yeah. in standing up. And no senior politician, at least I can think of, has said anything. All it would have taken with this Richard Dawkins clip, surely, um, as soon as that went up, it would have required no effort. All you needed was a senior politician, for example, from our government, to write a tweet mm. saying, "How appalling is mm. this? We stand for free, you know free mm. speech, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Even just a tweet, nothing, no, nothing. And if then we, we wonder why this happens, that's absolutely right. If the, if uh, if the British government had actually taken a firm stand yeah. on that teacher in Batley, mm. yeah. had taken a firm stand when those boys were suspended for the mm. damage or the little scuff mark on the, on the, on the Quran. Mm. If they had taken a strong stance on all of these issues when they had arisen, I'm pretty sure Richard Dawkins and others would feel far more confident in speaking out and speaking mm. freely and openly. But they know they will get no institutional support. No, it's, it's the cowardice of the institutions and, and, and that cowardice has grown and grown and grown over the last decade or so. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I, I see that, that footage and it's all linked for me. I, I see the footage of Posey Parker and I see the reaction, yeah. the top-down reaction yeah. to Posey Parker and the, not, the complete non-reaction to this and other reactions to um, uh, gender-critical women from, say, um, the, the University Lecturers Union who have just completely um, uh, thrown gender-critical people under the bus. I see that and, and it just it breaks my heart. I, I'm, I'm frightened for the future. Mm.
No, it is, it is simply pouring on this issue again of free speech, or actually, and its, its adjacent cousin, hate speech. Yeah. Um, the man who has just been elected to be leader of the SNP, mm. Scotland, of course, um, was, is the same individual who was behind, if, if I am correct, the Policing spreading of, of hate speech mm. into the domestic mm. arena in Scotland. Well, what did you? What do you make of him? He, his name is Hamza Yusuf. Mm. What, what, what well, is your view on what you've seen? I, I, I'd been following it in a, in a, in a kind of vague way, uh, and one of the things that I suppose I thought, like most other people, was uh, immediately when when they chose him, I thought, oh, they've chosen a race baiting loon. You know how nice for them. Same, same as usual, you know, okay, it was, it was, it was gender with Sturgeon uh, primarily, you know, but she was, uh, she was on the same road, but they've, they've just chosen another radical nutcase. I mean, the, I think it was the, uh, the footage you showed. We should show it him. actually before yeah. we go on. Actually, this is should a we, little clip that? from last year, I believe. Yeah. Let's have a look. Take my portfolio alone. The Lord President, white. The Lord Justice Clark, white. Every High Court judge, white. The Lord Advocate, white. The Solicitor General, white. The Chief Constable, white. Every Deputy Chief Constable, white. Every Assistant Chief Constable, white. The Head of the Law Society, white. The Head of the Faculty of Advocates, white. Every Prison Governor, white. And not just Justice. The Chief Medical Officer, white. The Chief Nursing Officer, white. The Chief Veterinary Officer, white. The Chief Social Work Advisor, white. Almost every trade union in this country headed by people who are white. In the Scottish Government, every director general is white. Every chair of every public body is white. That is not good enough. You see, when I look at that, as actually say, Philip, to me it looks like he's venting spleen, mm. you know, again. It's the way he spits out the word yeah. white in this. It's, it's, it's quite extraordinary. It, it's, Can you imagine if it was said about anyone yeah. else? It's almost like he's got a, uh, an insect in the back of his throat and he's spitting it out and mm. spitting it out. Good side is, of course, for uh, unionists that uh, I think uh, uh, independence is going to be kicked into the long grass for a generation or so. Do you look at yeah, that? Yeah, well, as, as, as one of my American friends would say, he would have lasted a New York minute yeah. had he spoken the same way about black people, yeah. for example, mm, yeah. or, or, anything, mm. or anything else. And of course, um, conveniently forgetting to mention to people that Scotland is 96% percent white. Yeah, it's so actually what, more or less getting right. It's 96.02 percent white. So what do you what do you expect? You know, someone like yes. you know, John Cleese. Yeah, yeah. What do you expect when you look out of a talky window? You know, yes. to see um, this is what this is what absolutely appalling about this chap is, is the ability to try to just play politics yeah. with actual facts and not and not mm. actually uh, mm. uh, tell tell the real story, the real truth. But you're quite right. This is an appalling day for the for Scottish people, mm. but it's a glorious day for the union mm. and for unionism because he's also uh, a completely ineffectual leader. Mm. Uh, he's uncharismatic in the same way that people feared Sturgeon and Salmon, mm. and they they're really impressive abilities mm. to get people to vote for them. Mm. His track record is very bad. I think he's called unofficially uh, Hamza useless rather, <laughs> rather than Hamza Yusuf <laughs> uh, because of his poor performance on mm. so many mm. important things, which are real issues in Scotland right now. Uh, and health and transport mm -hmm. and so forth and the, and the attainment gap and the, the, the divide between between rich and poor and he's also exposed the fissures within the SNP. The yeah. SNP was so united mm -hmm. uh, before and he's basically got this small little coterie around him. Yeah. He's alienated Forbes who was his main rival mm -hmm. 
And so now you're seeing he was only elected with 52% of the, of the, of the SNP vote. So the SNP have never been in a, in, a, in a weaker position. But if I can just go on, there was a photograph that mm. was displayed, which perhaps we can show on screen yeah, now, yeah, yeah. of his first day in office. Mm. And it was of him and four or five of his male family at prayer in, in Butte House, the mm. official residence. Mm. And just think what would have happened if his rival, Forbes, who you know lost in large yeah. part because of yeah. her Christian beliefs, had held a prayer meeting. Yeah. Mm. There would have been uproar from yeah. the Guardian Easters, from Navarra Media, from all the, the usual sources. But there would have been, you know, fears you... for the future of gay rights, yeah. fears for yeah. all of these futures. The, the, the dissonance is just insane, isn't it? Mm. You know, this is this is this terribly racist country, you know, this is this is fascism. This is it's absolutely nonsense. But if we can just reflect for one moment on the, the policing of speech in the home, which he was really mm. behind and really championing, wasn't he? It's a, it's a chilling prospect for the Scots. Well, wait a minute, hasn't it actually gone through? I think it's gone through. Yes, I, yeah. well, I, I, you know, that's, that, that's, mm. that's what I'm saying. Mm. It's, like, it's, a, it's a chilling prospect for the, for the Scottish people now to be, to, to be worried about sitting around the dinner table and, and, and being frightened because your, your children might, might report you to the authorities. I think, I, think, I think the thing with that, that photograph you mentioned actually as well, uh, absolutely correct. I would go so far as to say she almost might be gone if mm. it had been her. Mm. Uh, but with that as well, is that um, you can't even use the excuse, it was in private. Mm. It was an issued photograph. Mm. Mm. It was and presumably of Scotland claims to be the most progressive country uh, on the planet. Can you, you can imagine, you know, the, the, uh, the scene if, if it had been four men having a Christian meeting, right? Yeah. There was, there was the misogyny behind that image would have been yeah. so rich on the headlines. All the same colour. All the same colour. Yeah. And yet it's perfectly fine here. Uh, and the idea that the Calvinist religion of, of Forbes is somehow less appealing or less dangerous then of Islam, when we know full well about the degree of support for apostasy, the degree of misogyny, the degree of homophobia, all values that supposedly stand against what progressive Scotland stands for, and yet it's amazing. And it's not just uh, an anti-Christian thing, because if you look at these, these commentators who were silent about this photograph or, or, yeah. of uh, this Islamic prayer meeting, or who actually praised it, these were the same voices who were saying it doesn't mean anything that Rishi Sunak is a Hindu yeah. leader yeah. because he's actually uh, a cover for Tory white supremacy. Yeah, it's the so hypocrisy. It it's not enough just to be left. You have to yeah. be of the right religion too. Yeah. There's only one right, 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 only one right religion, <laughs> and that's Islam. And it's not the white religion. <laughs> but, but I think, did, uh, but, but basically, uh, some left-wing writers have written about this very unholy alliance between mm. the hard left, or even for that matter, the soft, soppy left. Mm. And you know Islam, um, in the sense that it's seen as almost like my enemy's enemy is my friend. That that's exactly what it is, uh, and 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 I think it is a it's a it's a it's a, a marriage of convenience that I think over the next few years is going to end in a really messy divorce. Well, mm -hmm. history shows us full yeah. well that how how much of a, of useful idiots the left yeah. are. You just have to look mm -hmm. at the Iranian Revolution, where you had the the left leaning mm -hmm. students mm -hmm. teaming up with the extreme mm -hmm. radical Islamic fundamentalists, mm -hmm. and of course we know what full well what happened then. They were all strung up. So let that be a lesson for and, those. And uh, the uh, fact uh, that the <laughs> radical left don't learn like a true private eye reader. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just uh, sorry, just make a final point just that the radical left don't learn because we still have or we did have until a few years ago Jeremy Corbyn going there on press TV and carrying on mm. regardless mm. I think uh, one of the worst things that you mentioned about the French sir was it Michel Foucault who arranged for leaflets to be dropped over 
Was Iran? It, uh, was it? Do, do you remember? The, he was the the, 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 the French intel intelligentsia yeah. were very in favour, actually, of uh, Ayatollah Khomeini. I'm mm. talking about 1979. Mm. There's another one, a good example. Oh, went back, you know, get rid of the Shah, get rid of the Shah. Little did they know. Mm. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's probably the world's leading place for sex change operations because yes. they're so homophobic. Yeah. They would rather gay men rather became, became, woman. Became, uh, yes. became trans. Yes. Well, I mean, good Lord. Uh, any other points you want to bring up it's, this it's week? A great, it's a great anything, note to end on. Anything, it's a great yes, note to exactly end on. Exactly extraordinary. Thank you very much, Philip. Thanks, Thanks very much, Rafe. Um, that's it for Newspeak this week. Um, we got really riled up there. Anyway, uh, we shall see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hello. If you're enjoying the New Culture Forum channel and you believe in our mission, may I invite you to join our membership scheme at the link below or on our website newcultureforum.org.uk. Our work is more important now than ever and we have great plans ahead for the future, but we can't do it without your support. From as little as £3 per month, you can help ensure that we continue on our mission. As a member, you'll receive a range of benefits, including access to exclusive content, invitations to our private events, including here at our studios, free copies of our books, and much, much more, including, of course, our famous NCF mug. If you aren't able to become a member, then please help us by clicking this button and subscribing to our channel. It's completely free. Just remember to also click the bell icon so that you can get notifications when we post new videos. Thank you. Thank you.